Joining us now on From the Trenches is Pat Mannix. Pat runs a... Oh, I'm going to have to do that again, mate. Jeez, I'm out of touch, huh? I'm out of form. From the Trenches. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS, joined with me. Paul Meisner from Five Ways Group, and we are back-ish. We're back-ish, Paul. G'day, mate. <laughs> hey, mate. How are you? We are. We are. We're back. But it's an uh, ish. It's an ish. Dragged. Dragged out of retirement. <laughs> Re- retirement? Well, I, I, you're, on, you're, you're in pension mode on the super fund from all the money you made out of trenches. <laughs> I'm not. All the all the money from compliance, mate. Luckily, no, we're we're deep in the middle of tax season. But uh, but mate, I don't. I actually uh, in in the last year sort of have got uh, not free time work wise, but out of a lot of my commitments, councils, responsibilities, uh, not paid or beholden to anyone. So uh, when you gave me the call, I thought, you know, why not? So, so, David, come on. So we may as well, uh, hello, listeners, hello. All, I like can't I stop smiling. Always, you always used to say. Uh, why are we back, David? Well, there's a reason why we're back. We're not back because we just got bored. We've got plenty of things to do. We're dads. We're busy dads, Paul. We are. We are. We're back because there is a message and there is a need to expand the way very real issues are spoken about in the accounting world. And I don't think it's out there in, in any other format. I just haven't seen it anywhere. There's a disconnect, David, I think, between the conversations that accountants have amongst themselves um, about the way the industry, about the, the how quickly or, or not technology is developing, um, whether it's de- developing in, in the right direction. I, I think the the conversations I have with other accountants sort of off the record is is totally different to this uh, utopian kind of view that the marketers tend to get us about how awesome tech is and about how inept accountants are. So it's uh, very, very interesting. We, we want to bring the vo- we want to bring that voice of the industry back to the front. And similarly for me, I see through, and, and, and it's the elephant in the room, Dave, you're a tech man now. How on earth are you going to do the This is not the old show. We're going to go through that in a moment. This is, just, this is just a very different show. For any listeners who tried to see David set up the recording and stuff, I don't think you can call yourself a tech man, mate, but I, I get that <laughs> you work for a tech company. I've got five different mics on at the moment. I'm hoping one of them works. <laughs> the, the conversations that I see between our success managers and our members are these raw, real there's emotions, the challenges that they're having are, are, are real. And we want to turn trenches into the platform for those voices to be heard and structure a conversation around it and provide that place to have a conversation. Now, this show, Paul, is going to sit on www.fromthetrenches.com.au. I've been paying our domain fees for the last year. And, and amazingly, when we launched, when we said the trenches was coming back, the last episode got downloaded 350 times. It's a current affair show that's a year old. So thank you very much, whoever listened to it. And, and I think it's important. I mean, it's important, David, to sort of say that that as, as much as we 
love the old love the old structure and and people uh, you would hang out each each week for it we're not getting back into that news cycle um there's there's endless things and I kind of part of me just wants to <laughs> Why wants not? to dive Why not? into blogs that just annoyed the you know why? because hell it's, out of me. it's I got sick of waking up and spending a full day a week trying to work out what's wrong with the world you know where I'm at where I am now because I like to fix it I'm much I'm much more interested in actually taking action and, and trying to change things for the better than just commenting and throwing shade on things for, you know, honestly, it was good for ratings. You guys loved it when we hang up, hang up on people. You just loved yeah, it. I enjoyed it too. It yeah, wasn't, it was pretty it wasn't, it wasn't all for the So it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. What we, so tell us, tell the listeners, tell the listeners about the new... All right. The new format. Trench is 2.0. Oh, well, you're up to Paul Myers on like 18.0 these days as you keep reinventing yourself. Trench is 2.0. This episode, after Paul and I stop talking, we're going to hear from Pat Mannix. Pat runs a fantastic practice in Melbourne. He's got 70 staff, multiple offices, multiple generations, doing all sorts of fun stuff. That is broken into a couple of different sections. And this guy's got some bold ideas. Big fan of running a trading business through a discretionary trust. That's an interesting topic. So if you go to fromthetrenches.com.au now, you're going to see the interview there. And then we've asked people who are in my network and Paul's network, people who we trust, to challenge those ideas in the for or pro column. Have the public conversation that's needed around some of those ideas. So if you go to fromthetrenches.com.au right now, you'll see a response from Rebecca Mahalik, who is uh, head of accounting at Practice Ignition, but probably more importantly, the Sydney partner of Business Depot. And she's sort of suggesting that it's not a great thing to run a business through a trust. And then we've got uh, from Lightyear Docs, Grant Abbott is in the pro column. He's written a how-to guide of how you can do it. Underneath that is a chat box. Go and share your thoughts. Don't rely on Dave and Paul to put the words in your mouth. Don't say, yeah, they're right. Be right yourself. If you thought we were right back in the day, then you probably are right yourself right now and we want to have that conversation. So there's a few different topics that are up there right now. Jump on, engage in the chat, have the conversation because, Paul, when we do this on social media, it just ends up in a pylon and the loudest or most aggressive voice ends up winning because people don't want to have a dissenting voice. Trenches is a safe place. It is real life in the accounting industry. If you are in the accounting industry, and that means software people too, as much as you might not like to admit it, Paul, jump on and be a part of a constructive, needed conversation that is about those things that you have in the offline world, Paul. You know, when you maybe, call maybe, up your peer, maybe for those maybe for those software people, wait till it's not a it's not an accounting technical topic. You know, yeah. don't you know, wait till Wait till something you're, you're a little bit more au fait with, you know. Try not to wait for value pricing or timesheets or whatever. The pile on when we do that one. Oh, mate, absolutely. But I, I, I don't know how you uh, spend time most of your day in uh, in Facebook groups. I've uh, I've given up on that. It's just if you if you think Twitter's if you think Twitter's bad, uh, try some of the I, I try spend, some of the Facebook field. Feeds. I spent most of my time in uh, the Change GPS one, and when JobKeeper was on, we had some people ask really basic questions that I thought you could have just worked out if you read the ATO website. I kicked them out of the group. Oh, we want a better standard than that, Paul. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Look, and I think this is you know we're also going to focus, David, on on 
interviewing accountants. Yeah, on it's people your that voice. otherwise don't. And, and tell, I tell you what, for listeners uh, who will hear it when this airs, uh, I did get a sneak preview, and to think this is not some. Uh, you know, airbrushed, touchy-feely kind of uh, interview style. I think within the first minute or two uh, of introducing uh, Pat, it you were, uh, Pat, I originally thought you were just the crazy bloke from YouTube... <laughs> I did. Who was a Richmond supporter? And so, so listeners, that, that was that's in the that's our interview style. Uh, none, you know, none of that's changed. Um, I'm sure our uh, our views of the industry, Dave. Yeah, you might be able to, you know, bring bring another side to it now. Um, oh, I have a different view. Yeah, totally. And and now that you wear the uniform, then that is uh, that is valid. Another promise, and uh, is that you know, if we if we ever manage to get paid. We will tell you. We you, will put the words "ad" in our copy as is legally required, unlike certain people in the accounting. There industry. will be sponsor stories throughout this series. It'll be made very clear. They to you. will be and, clearly and labelled. Obviously, the show's brought to you. You know, Change GPS is our platinum sponsor now because I'm doing this on Change GPS time. And Paul, a lot of my time is spent doing that and talking to accountants there. So some of the things that I say here come through that lens. And, and if you don't like it or you think I'm pushing GPS too hard. There's a lot of good accounting podcasts out there. Go listen to them. I can, we, it's real life, Paul. This is my real life. I can't change yeah. that. I think the listeners will know that if that, that I've, I've got a I've got a sort of a, 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 a relatively short leash. It's a little there's, bit there's longer a whip now in the that background you wear the there. uniform. I'm looking in your office. You've got your chartered accountant certificate, your FCA certificate, and your whip. I do. To hit me my, if I go a number, bit too salesy. Number one in numbers. That's that was one of that. No, look, I, I think I'll. I will uh, carefully nudge you or tell you to move on if I think you're uh, you're putting the mayo on a little uh, a little thick. So what are you going to do? Da- what am I going to do? What are you doing so- here? <laughs> I don't know. I promised to j- change GPS hat, didn't I, or something? I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not blowing money on swag. <laughs> we got a good product. We don't need that junk. Uh, look, Dave. I, I think there's still um, clearly there's there's things in the accounting industry that. Um, I'm very passionate about uh, helping accountants and while I think that the trenches version 2.0 is going to be based quite heavily around those interviews, you know, you and I will still get into topics that um, that, that we both think uh, we've got either differing sides to an opinion or we'll find people who have differing, differing opinions. I, I still think there's things that I can help the industry, you know, understand more and, and, and the industry can help me understand it more. We're only going to do it if it's worth saying, though. Paul, you're, you're, at your best, you are brilliant. You have serious impact and you get wins. But, gee, sometimes we did shows, and we were doing two, three episodes a week sometimes, where we were probably clutching a little bit to try to find the inflammatory statement to get everybody excited about. We're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to focus on things that matter. Yeah, and we want and we want to bring bring the listeners uh, along to and get and get their views. Look, I've I've just been through the mental health first aid course um, that was put on by CPA, IPA, and CA. I was trying to work out which one I missed um, through Deacon, uh, and also the I think the relationship for financial service providers. Some uh, I learned a really interesting trust equation for professional services and I'd love to do 
an episode on that. Um, oh, great. Maybe you could save that for a planning session instead of when we're recording a live show. Oh, I just thought of it. It just oh, came to me. Good. If it, it, it would, if it was polished, if it was polished, it wouldn't That's be trenches, David. Out. Paul. Exactly. I'm looking for, mate, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I am looking forward to it. I think that, um, yeah, the industry clearly needs as many real voices as possible. Should we get on with the show? Let's, uh, yeah, let's get on with it. We're about to hear from Pat Mannix from Paris Financial. But before we do, Paul, a quick word from our sponsors. Getting paid can be the messy part of running an accounting business. You're so focused on delivering excellent advice that a call about payment can feel uncomfortable. We're going to hear from a firm who found it hard to manage debtors while still delivering a great client experience and their pathway to finding a profitable solution. This interview is brought to you by QuickFee Instalments. Hi, my name is Ingrid Workman. I'm from GenFocus Accountants. We're located in Canberra. We have 13 people in our practice and primarily we offer business advisory and accounting and tax solutions. We've been through a few different phases. We invoice our clients by quoting up front and we charge them 50% up front and, and we charge the balance when we complete. We have had a problem with collecting debtors from clients. What we have been working on is how we make the payments easier for our clients and giving them more options around that. Finding a way to invoice clients that reduces the administrative burden while still giving clients a positive experience hasn't always been easy for Ingrid. Stay tuned later in the episode when Ingrid shares how she found QuickFee installments and the massive impact it has had on her clients. Joining us now is Pat Mannix from Paris Financial. Paris Financial is an accounting firm with multiple offices down in Melbourne. And for all intents and purposes, it looks like a regular blue-collar accounting firm. It's founder Pat Mannix with the rock star name is anything but. Pat, welcome to From the Trenches. Thanks, Dave. Looking forward to the chat, mate. Yeah. I've been following you on LinkedIn for years and I've always viewed you as this nutcase Richmond supporter who's ridiculously passionate about asset structuring and tax planning because that these were these LinkedIn videos you've been doing for years and you'd have your Richmond hat on and you'd passionately talk about bad advice clients got. Tell us a bit about the firm, mate. Yeah, so, um, yeah, my dad started it actually in the late 70s um, with his mate. So my father's name's Noel and his, his uh, mate there, Bill Butler, and they started the film in the, uh, the firm in the late 70s. So it's been around that long. I joined dad in the early 90s and um, sort of we still got a lot of family involved. My my sister um, is the bookkeeper. Mum still does the scanning. Dad still does some tax. So amongst our people, we've still got a good family focus um, but sort of, yeah, we've gradually developed it. And the last sort of five or six years, I've got a lot more into the marketing, I think, yeah. to, you know, video, as you say, Dave, and LinkedIn and, and social media, you, you can get it done for a fairly low cost. And, and I do like getting information out to the punters out there, which hopefully gets around a lot of the tax speak and the complications that us as tax accountants, um, you know, uh, are known for, you know, people not really understanding stuff. And I'm, a, I'm really into family trusts and, and unit trusts for running, growing small businesses. That's sort of our space where we're pretty good. Yeah. Some people don't like trusts because they uh, they think it, the banks never understand it. And, you know, in the end, in the net result is they all end up paying the same tax anyway. 
How come you like them so much? Well, I have a saying uh, to my clients, you can stay in a trading company while you grow your business and you can pay a lot of tax or I'll, I'll complicate your life with a lot of trusts and you'll save a lot of money. What would you like to do, Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith? And um, and usually our clients will say, well, if you can save me a heap of dough and complicate my life, um, you know, do that. So, and my other saying is, you know, um, Keep it simple, stupid um, is certainly, you know, an adage I use for people just running a business, a small business in a, in a trading company structure. So, yes, they're complicated um, trusts, but they do save clients a lot of tax. And we see a lot of um, structuring out there, which um, some accounts have just given up on them, but they are the best. Yeah. You given up on the client or given up on the, no, on the trust? Given up on, they've been a lot of, not, not all accounts, but a lot of accounts have given up on on family trusts, you know, to run businesses because the tax offices, you know, sort of hammered them a bit, made them more complicated, but we love the complications and we save our clients, you know, a fair bit of dough. You make your money on the complication, don't you? Yeah, well, the fees are, are, are always a, a heck of a lot lower than what the tax um, savings is to the client um, and especially in a growing um, business, they're really good. Paris Financials, you know, multi-generational, 40-year-old firm. My, yep. my dad's been in public practice for 41 years, but I didn't follow directly into the family business as direct as public practice. Your typical client is a regular small business, mum and dad, trust, company, maybe a super fund. That'd be maybe a few A-grade property type clients. That'd be about right. I knew you're spot on. Yes, yeah, so we go from the individual return up to, you know, I've got a few clients worth $50, $100 million and everything in between. But definitely, um, you know, your small business, um, needing a tax return, trust distributions, maybe a bit of um, financial advice, et cetera, you know, three to five grand, um, you know, is there. So very traditional like that and everything in between and all sorts of different industries. Uh, we've got quite a lot of clients in allied health, physios, osteos, et cetera, but Everything in between. How many staff you got? Seventy. Yeah, Dece about seventy. Decent suburban business. Yeah, well, look, Blackburn's our our head office. Um, we've got a uh, fifteen people down in Mornington on the peninsula. It's been with us for well over ten years, and um, we've had East Melbourne with us for a couple of years. We've been trying to sort of get into the inner city for a number of years, and we're able to about two or three years ago. And that's a, that's a really good office um, in East Melbourne. Despite all of this, and, and everyone listening understands how accounting firms work, you've got a successful practice. There's, there's no doubt about it. And, and congratulations, you probably helped thousands of small businesses last year through JobKeeper as well. So good on you to you and your team for being able to do that. But you've taken this very traditional practice, and, and everyone go check out the branding of Paris Financial, and you have launched this hot, dare I say, sexy new brand called Kochi. Yep. What is it? Yeah, so Kochi's, um, it's it's a little bit of a play on it. My, you know, one of my favourite Richmond footballers there, <laughs> Captain yeah. the Tigers. Um, so, look, we for te for the last ten years, we've had we've learnt a lot about clients um, in the startup space. So, it's they're extremely challenging the the financial needs of startup founders. So, you know, their, their, their bookkeeping, their capitalisation table, managing their corporate secretarial of a startup business and then coping with when they go to, you know, seed and Series A 
uh, rounds of financing is a real challenge for an accountant. And uh, we've learnt a lot in that period. Um, and cloud-based software enables us to, you know, get into that very narrow lane of startup founders and provide all of that for any sort of startup founder around Australia at a really competitive price. So, it, yeah, so I wanted to get into it because of the, I suppose, because of the, the difficulty of it in trying to get the finances right and all the stuff we've learned, as well as the, the startup founders, the stuff they do, Dave, is just so interesting. You know, different things that they're doing in the tech space is really interesting. And they, they ride a, a really, um, they ride a very bumpy road if they're going to get to success startup founders. Um, so, yeah, it's a really uh, good point of interest, yeah. From, from multi-generational traditional compliance-based practice to startups, where do the clients come from? Well, the clients are coming from all around us, Australia and we're sort of trying to spend time, you know, doing PR, a little bit of advertising in the tech space. So, the, look, I think with the, with the startup community too, you can, um, you know, in our traditional practice, we've got um, uh, a lot of information going through the, the database of all sorts of clients and there's a, a big demand on um, IT um, with startup founders, you know, you can just run a, a tech stack um, and just run, you know, pieces of software that the, the client can come in on um, and they can have a look at what's going on in, in those um, particular areas of their finances, but we do the lot for them and that takes a, a big load off the, the founder's mind. So the founder's going to, um, you know, they, want to, they don't want to keep going back to an Excel spreadsheet to try to get, you know, what's the value of we go for this seed round, update the cap table, then they've got to deal with their bookkeeping. Then they've got um, runway cash they've got to keep their eye on. So you want a one-stop shop. That's right. So if they can get something done like that with a mob who know their stuff, been around for years, and can deliver them very accurate monthly financials, it's more important that those types of um, businesses, the founders, get timely financial stuff because your local cafe um, generally will need a tax return and they might need some tax planning during the year, but they can have a traditional bookkeeper who just looks after their stuff. But a startup founder, they need financial um, information coming to them accurate monthly there. Now, the, the reason this caught my eye so much and why I wanted to get you on From the Trenches is you've, you've launched this on LinkedIn and, and the, the link will be in the show notes with a post yep. that says Kochi versus zero. Yep. I want to give some background to this before we launch into what that post is and why you did it because I think it's a stroke of genius. I can't go 10 minutes in the Zero Facebook group without somebody saying, I wish Zero would stop make clients think they can do their bookkeeping themselves. And even now there's an ad running on, I think, LinkedIn or Instagram or something I saw where Zero's ads start with Excel as the current way to do things and promote Zero as the new way to do things, which is fine. It's a, it's a brilliant product. I couldn't talk more highly about it. But in the growth of zero, it used to be called beautiful accounting. Now it's beautiful business. They, whilst their success has enabled accounting practices to exist, I mean, accounting practices sprung up six, seven years ago with a Microsoft Surface 2, a crappy keyboard, this tiny little 12-inch screen, nothing but a zero subscription and an XPM subscription. They started an accounting practice. They slap a zero logo on the back of the laptop or on their office and clients came in on the street because of zero strong marketing directly to the client. The downside of that is that some clients think they can do it themselves. I've seen that conversation play out hundreds of times amongst accountants. I've never seen anyone identify that as a market opportunity as well as you have. You have positioned Kochi as an alternate to zero for these startup firms. You've identified zero as a competitor. 
Yep. Yeah, so the, 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 I, I'm with you, zero, and we would recommend to our small business clients, we would recommend zero for the, for the you know, traditional small business. I mentioned a cafe or a gardening business or whatever. We would recommend zero and go to a contract, a local contract bookkeeper who uses zero. It's just brilliant. Um, and it was a game changer in the accounting industry because you didn't have to wonder whether your client had MYB version 12 or version 15. So they updated in the background. It's brilliant software. But um, you've hit the nail on the head. You, it, you still need a geek in the background to do it properly. You need a Pat Mannix geek or my sister-in-law runs a wonderful business with zero and she's a really good bookkeeper and does a great job. So you, but you need an admin person to still go and do it because you, at the end of the day, you're still putting things in boxes. Got, they've got to go in the right box and it's debit and credits in the background. So zero is brilliant software. But with Kochi, if you've got a startup founder, do they really want to be um, putting stuff into zero, learning zero, bringing in a contract bookkeeper mm-hmm. um, who is a you know a good book, bookkeeper once into uh, once a quarter, or do they just throw it all to us and we do the whole lot for them at a very reasonable price? Mm-hmm. So it's not the comparison of, of software; it's the comparison of the service. You're either doing zero, which is brilliant software, or you throw it all to us and we'll do it all for you. And, and the conversation within the accounting industry is always zero versus my versus QuickBooks versus FreshBooks versus Excel. Yep. You're the first person I've seen to do, well, actually, these are service. The tech is actually a service provider. That's how the clients see it. The clients view the software as the thing that does the baz and the books and the profit and the stuff they don't understand. And you're saying, well, no, it's us. It's so clever that you caught the ire of Andy Lark. Now, not many people know who Andy Lark is, but I think he was Zero's, if not first, one of their earliest chief marketing officers. So right. Andy, Andy was CMO at Zero 2014 to 2017. I've ripped that off his LinkedIn and said it slowly to make it seem like I knew exactly what I was talking about, but I researched it. Andy jumps on your post and says, um, your competitive analysis is so fundamentally wrong it's a joke. If all you can do is stand on Zero's toes, A, you'll never reach their shoulders, and B, you clearly haven't built a differentiated product. Just as a point, what, what level standard is Paris Financial? Is this, are you a Zero advisor? No, we would have, um, we, we've probably got, we'd have three or 400 clients in Zero. So yeah. that, that's how much we recommend Zero. Um, it's, a, it's a brilliant product. But, but Andy's a high profile marketer, and he's saying your competitive analysis is fundamentally wrong. You're saying, well, actually, the way the clients are now viewing competition is different probably because of zero success. Yeah, and, and look, you've got to look at startup founders. You know, they're, they're generally younger, a fair bit younger than me. They're generally younger. And, and w- what are they used to? They're, they've got a hell of a lot more trust in the internet and cloud-based software. And they say, okay, this Kochi mob, they'll just do the whole lot the, themselves. So it's, it's actually the point of the service difference, not the product. The service is you go and subscribe to Zero, do it yourself, or get someone else, or give it to us, Kochi, and we'll do the lot. And that's and that's the comparison. Look, if you're listening and you're one of those people who's frustrated that thinks that that Zero and all the other software companies are misleading clients and thinking they can do it themselves, you're frustrated with the quality of the work. Uh, jump on the link in the show notes uh, where Pat's done this and and have a think: Is this a strategy? Is there a message in here that you can use in your practice? But I want to talk a bit about your your traditional practice, which uh, you've got a wealth management arm? Yep, yep. we've had the wealth manage- management arm headed up by Darren Foster for 
um, about 10 and a half years. Yep. Uh, wealth management and the accountant's exemption has kind of hit a brick wall at the moment. Has that impacted the way you advise your clients? Oh, without doubt, it's just been a dog's breakfast for three or four years. So, you know, I call it the good old days where us as accountants knew how self-managed worked. We knew all about pensions, um, massive tax advantages, and, we, you know, we could advise clients, set them up, and the clients were genuine self-managed. They wanted to do things in their super fund portfolio that you couldn't really go to an industry fund or a, you know, another sort of wealth, a big wealth management mob. So the last three years, it's it's been a dog's breakfast. They've been hammered, uh, self-managed have been hammered from an audit perspective. So you can't do, um, the audit firm cannot be the same firm as doing the accounts. And that's the deadline's 30th of June, 2021 for that. So that's one. But the biggest gripe is um, uh, self-managed, super funds, basic things like tax contributions and setting up, not being able to be done by accountants like us who've been in it, like the old man started in the early 90s, like one of the first people ever to do self-managed. And we've been doing it for years and then the government tips us out. So it don't get me started, you know. I will get you started, mate. Yeah. Did you do? Your, did you sit phasia? Have you done your exam? No. So what we did was, and, you know, of course, Darren with the wealth management arm, you know, we're really happy with that. You know, we invest people dough and it's a, it's a really good part of our service. But what sits in the middle is, is self-managed and they want to do it themselves. They want to buy a commercial building, buy international shares. So we look, what we've decided as a firm is us tax partners, we'll, we'll go out of it. And we've got a wonderful lady who's been with us for years who's a, who really is a gun on self-managed, Tanya. And, and we got Tanya um, uh, licensed with the limited license, you know, cost a lot of time and effort and money and and, um, and uh, she is the person we need to go to to set up funds and, and all that sort of thing. But we're noticing that self-managed super funds now, um, there's not as many being set up. You need to have a higher fund balance all because the government is lay, layering on um, compliance costs and uh, legislation when things were, were going really well. Government's laying on compliance costs, good for, in theory, good for your business, but if it makes it harder for people to do it, probably some mum and dads out there that are missing out. Oh, no, it is, Dave. Like, so, you, you, you know, you could run with two hundred fifty to 300000 at compliance costs where they used to be. Now the, the clients are saying, well, we might as well just go over to the industry funds. And we're saying, well, yeah, you're probably better off to go to the industry funds. So, Well, you're not. Your wealth management business is, I hope. Yeah, well, that wealth, <laughs> our wealth management business. Um, Don't want to get you in trouble there, mate. Yeah, no, no, no our wealth management business is, you know, you know, our wealth management business is not going to deal with the client who's got a self-managed fund with a $1.5 million commercial property in it and you know, two or two or 300000 in publicly listed shares that they've decided to do. Yeah. And we do their accounts and their audit. I mean, Darren wouldn't see that. He's got a, you know, that, that part of our business is just superb and it's, it's grown really well. But it's it's a different space. The government doesn't, hasn't really understood it and we're sort of in no man's land. So if they can get our, if they can get our exemption back, we'd be happy. Pat Mannix, thank you for joining us on From the Trenches. Any final message to the accountants out there who might listen to this story and think, geez, I could do a few things like that? Yeah, well, look, I suppose my big thing over the last five years is getting information out. Uh, from a marketing perspective, I think accounting firms need to get information out on video and social media um, just, just to go direct to the punters and try to cut through some of the language and make yourself 
you know, really relevant out there. I see a lot more of it now because it's it's inexpensive, it's it's up to date, and I think what happens is people, you know, if they hear of you, they'll go to your site, go to your social media, and if you're all up to date, then they'll come and talk to you. Whereas if you're an accountant who's got a website with a newsletter, you know, the last one was June 2019, you know, and, the, and it looks pretty old, you know, people will probably skip on to the next person because we all just go straight to the internet and straight to the websites and social media for the first 10 minutes. Are they relevant? Are they up with it? If they're not, they they move on. So I'd encourage uh, the bean counters out there to, to, you know, get on the video and dress, dress up in their favourite favorite footy gear and, you know, um, have some fun. Let the personality shine. Pat, thanks for joining us. Cheers, Dave. Thanks, mate. Accountants trust accountants. Ingrid found quick fee instalments after a referral from a friend and the results were immediate. Previously used a different product, but we found them quite clunky. So we were looking for a way for our clients when they didn't have the money to pay us progressively. I actually connected with quick fee because I had another connection in the marketplace and he introduced me to QuickFee. Since moving to QuickFee instalments, we find payments with clients much easier and our debtor days are coming down all the time, so our clients are paying us faster, mainly because the client can go in and pick how they want to pay us and the frequency they want to pay us and we don't have to be involved. So as easy as a click and they choose and then the money turns up in our bank account. To reduce the amount of time you spend checking your bank account and to make it easier to win new clients, head to www.quickfee.com.au forward slash solutions forward slash installments. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar.